Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty Porter, the host of this wonderful show and many other shows as well. We also do the TubeBuddy Express podcast. If you're a YouTube creator, and I assume that you are, if you're listening to this show, you can check out TubeBuddy Express as well. It's an 8 to 12 minute actionable show where I uh, get on there by myself and talk about a specific YouTube topic for about 10 to 15 minutes each and every week that's released every Friday. And this show, as always, is released every single Wednesday. Uh, I do want to remind you guys that, as always, this show is brought to you by the fine folks over at TubeBuddy. I know I talk about them ad nauseum sometimes, but really, guys, it is the tool that helps me take my YouTube channel and my clients' YouTube channels to the next level. Just this past week, I was working with a smaller YouTuber, and I told them, I said, listen, go and download this plugin. It's free to try out, you know, first try it out, see what you think about it. And I was sharing my screen with them, and I was showing them some of the features that TubeBuddy offers to creators. And they immediately, without me even finishing the demo for them, went over and purchased a license for TubeBuddy. And uh, they've messaged me since and they said, Dusty, this is a game changer. And it really is a game changer. It will really, I guess I would say it just cuts time off of your processing as a creator. Uh, you know, we're busy people. A lot of us do this as a side hustle. A lot of us don't do this full time. So any time that we can eke out, any time that we can save when it comes to the creation process of our videos or the post-production processes of adding YouTube cards and end screens and annotate, well, not annotations anymore, but uh, adding links and doing little business side things with our YouTube channel, TubeBuddy is the tool that will help you do all of that and more. Check out the link in the show notes. As always, they are a huge supporter and sponsor of this show. So this week's episode is going to be not really different, but it's going to be very interesting. I think this is going to be one of my all-time favorite shows that I've ever done here up to this point. Uh, as you guys know, I've interviewed up to uh, 60 content creators now, and I talk with them each and every week about their journey on YouTube. Well, this week, before I even introduce my guest, I want to uh, talk about something that has been on my mind for the past couple of weeks. As you guys know, um, another thing that I do, a part of my business is I'm also a videographer. I do wedding videography as well as real estate videography and much more. And I was doing a wedding this past weekend. It was for a friend of my wife's and we were there creating the video and I was capturing the footage for the video. And during this wedding, just this thought came to my mind of how our videos as YouTube creators, as content creators, it really is artwork. It really is a piece of art. And sometimes we really don't think of it that way. We think of our videos as pieces of content, but we sometimes often not don't, don't think of our content as pieces of art. But as I went back and I begin to edit this video and I begin to go in post-production and I begin to put the clips together and I begin to uh, create this, this wedding film, I begin to realize that this really is my canvas. This really is my way of expressing myself. You know, when you do a wedding or you do a really real estate video or any YouTube video, it starts from scratch. There's nothing there. It's like a blank sheet of paper. And so what happens is at the beginning of the day, you have nothing. But at the end of the day, when you're done recording and your legs and your feet are tired and you get back home and you put all the footage onto your computer and you begin to go back and you begin to edit it, whatever the software you use, 
it becomes a piece of art. It becomes an expression of yourself. It becomes a story that you are telling. And in specifically in wedding videography, which is what I'm familiar with, something that I do almost uh, multiple times per month now, it becomes a way for me to tell a story of a love story of these people. So these people, you know, the, the man and the woman, as, as when they get married, they, the reason why they want you to capture this video is because they want to go back years later and see the story, their love story. So as I was putting this film together, I began to realize that, wow, I really get this opportunity multiple times a month to get, you know, content together and being able to put it together as a, a piece of art, something that I'm proud of, something that I can go back at a later date and say, wow, I did this from nothing, from scratch. And it really is a, a feeling of accomplishment, a feeling of, oh man, I really did get to tell this story and I told it in a way that, that expresses who I am, the artistic abilities that I possess. And those abilities are not being able to go and, and draw something on a piece of paper, but the ability to capture video and then putting the video together in pieces and bits and pieces. And when someone goes and watches the final product, they're like, oh man, I understand it. I get this love story and I get who these people are. It's not about filming a video so you can say, oh, this is what our ceremony looked like. It's about going back and understanding, oh my gosh, look at who, who was there. And, and, and I remember when this happened. I remember when that happened. So I want to encourage you, and I know this is getting a little romantic. I understand that. But I want you to, I want to encourage you this week to understand that your artwork, your canvas is your videos. So understand that when you're going forward in the future and creating your YouTube content, that don't look at it just as a piece of content to upload to YouTube. Look at it as an artistic way for you to express yourself, to get your opinions, to get what you want to motivate people, to get your knowledge out there into the world. And it really is a blank canvas. And how exciting is that? For us as creators to be able to have that canvas, to be able to have that opportunity to let people come in and get a, I guess you would say, a, a seeing eyeglass into our perspective into our abilities to create something amazing. So again, I know this is a little bit off normal what we normally do, uh, but I'm going to go ahead now and transition out of this uh, little rant of mine and start to introduce my guest this week. So this week's guest, I have a lot of people ask me all the time, is it beneficial to start a podcast uh, in relation to my YouTube channel? Uh, and I did an interview about a month ago, a couple of months ago now, uh, with one of the biggest podcast creators uh, out on iTunes right now. Uh, his name is John Lee Dumas. He does the show Entrepreneur on Fire uh, alongside a bunch of other stuff that he does. He is absolutely a crazy man, creating content all of the time, uh, and it's all wonderful. If you're an entrepreneur, which you probably are, with your YouTube channel, I definitely highly re you highly recommend that you go over and listen to the Entrepreneur on Fire show and the other content that John has to provide. But I thought it would be great to invite him on this show to talk about podcasting in hopes of you guys understanding maybe if it is a, a benefit for you to start your own podcast. And even if you're not interested in podcasting, this episode, this conversation, about 15 minutes of a conversation with John, uh, JLD as he goes by, uh, was uh, very beneficial for me as a YouTube creator as well. So not just if you're interested in podcasting, he talks a lot about content creation in general, uh, more of an overarching 
theme as opposed to just podcasting. So if you're interested in any of that, stick around for this week's conversation. I really think you're going to benefit from this one, maybe even more than uh, the previous interviews, not because they were not good, but because this one gives you a different perspective of a different type of content creation. A little bit of a behind the scenes look of what it takes uh, to create uh, and, and do podcast on a daily and regular basis. So I'm going to go ahead and stop the rambling on now. Uh, don't forget to go on over to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, subscribe to the show. That way you get updated every single week when we go live. And until next week, talk to you later. All right, guys, and welcome back to this week's conversation. I'm joined today by JLD, also known as John Lee Dumas. I am so excited to have him on the show. been listening to uh, his show for a long time, Entrepreneur on Fire. If you are a fan of podcasts in general, you probably already know who he is. Uh, John, how are you doing today? Dusty, I am fired up and looking forward to chat, brother. Let's do it. Well, I wanted to talk with you today briefly just about your podcasting journey and just maybe some value you can bring to our listeners. So the first question I have for you, John, is this. What is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out podcasting? Well, number one, that it is a journey. You know, I know that a lot of people start podcasting with these high expectations that the floodgates are going to open. They want their their website perfect. They want everything um, in line, all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed. And it's just not the reality. I mean, it takes time. It takes a lot of thought process. It takes a lot of energy to grow a real podcasting brand. And so I have a lot of people that say, oh, John, I was going to launch my podcast last month, but like, I'm still waiting to perfect my sidebar on my, on my website. And I'm like, nobody's going to go to your website. Like it doesn't happen that way. Like you don't launch a podcast and then all of a sudden like, you know, everybody wants to check you out and who you are. I mean, it's, it takes time to get one listener, then two, then four, then eight. And then maybe six months later, you know, somebody cares enough to reach out to you and say, Hey, wow, this is cool what you're doing. I want to learn more. Like this is a process. So I wish somebody had told me that, um, that, you know, this is something that, you know, it's always going to be a work in progress. There's no such thing as perfection. Like just get it out there continue to adjust, always ask for feedback whenever you get the opportunity from that most important person, your listener out there, and implement that constructive criticism if and when you get it immediately because it's very valuable. Absolutely. And what would you say would be that thing that can help creators get past that barrier of having to have that instant gratification? As podcasters, as you said, sometimes we're wanting to go to the download or the stats page on Libsyn or whoever our host is and just see hundreds if not thousands of downloads immediately Immediately, because that's the type of world and society that we live in. How, how do you get past that as a creator? How did you bridge that gap from the time when you only had a few listeners to, you know, waiting months down the line when you've put the work in? You know, I'd say you need to have a clear reason as to why you're podcasting, like a true mission statement. And if you can put that mission statement, you know, somewhere near your podcasting studio that's in sight or, you know, maybe, you know, on your to-do list at the top. So you can keep going back to that over and over again and say, okay, this is the reason why I'm podcasting, not to get, you know, 10 more downloads or listens day, day one, two or three, but because, you know, I have this mission in life. Like I want this podcast to accomplish this for others. Like and keep go keep, if you keep going back to that mission in a consistent and meaningful way, then you won't lose sight of what's really important and why you really create it. Cause I think a lot of people do lose sight when it comes to the numbers race or trying to get sponsors or doing this or that, you know, all which is part of the journey and, you know, it needs to be on your radar. But if you can keep at the forefront, your why of the podcast, I think you're going to have a lot more long-term success. 
Yeah, I ask my audience uh, a lot of times different questions that they may have about podcasting, and specifically I ask them some questions that they might have for you. And the question that I get over and over again ad nauseum is the question of, well, how do you grow a podcast from the ground up? How do you grow a podcast if you don't already have an existing audience? What would you say, John, just quickly would be a couple brief things that you could say to these you know, creators that are in that small, the infancy stage of their podcast? What are some things that they can do to bring impact to their show and bring people uh, to, to the listenership? Well, number one, you can probably pivot on the entire um, thesis of your show because you probably started way too vague, way too broad, trying to serve everybody. Um, because when you try to resonate with everybody, you're going to resonate literally with nobody because you're going to be another voice screaming into the wind. So what does your podcast actually stand for? And if you can't articulate it in an incredibly niche way, um, I think you're going to have some struggles ahead of you because there's a lot of podcasts in the game. There's more coming every single day. And you don't just want to be another vanilla podcast out there. You want to be a podcast for a very specific person. So don't start a podcast on, you know, health Start a podcast on health and specifically within health about maybe diets. And then within diets, you know, maybe uh, ketosis. So guess what? Now you've just gone down three levels where you're not just some vague podcast about all things health related that nobody can really understand. But now you're going to just focus on ketosis, that one niche that's kind of a big deal right now that a lot of people don't know about. And there's a lot to learn about that. And now you're the ketosis show instead of, you know, the blah, blah, blah health show. And everybody that sees that's like, oh my goodness, like my mother's trying to Oh, ketosis. She needs to hear this show. And now you're being referred to by real people that are your real potential listeners because you've niched down to that point. Now, hopefully, you know, you're not just doing it because ketosis is a fad right now, but you're doing it because you actually have some interest. Maybe you've experimented yourself and you're really curious and passionate about that and you want to learn more. So you can go to the you know, the ketosis experts in the industry and bring them on. They're like, well, if I'm going to be on the blah, blah, blah health show or the ketosis show and my expertise happens to lie in ketosis, I think it's a pretty easy decision for them what show they're going to be on. So if you haven't really niched down to the point where you feel like it almost hurts because there's not enough quote unquote listeners, you know, for your show, um, then you're not deep enough because you're never going to get that initial momentum because guess what? A year later, you might then shift and become the John Lee Dumas show because, you know, it was the Ketosha show with John Lee Dumas, but the word, you know, the name John Lee Dumas meant nothing. But now that you've built something and you've kind of had that name be your fullback and your, and your brand kind of be the tail and your name be the tailback, and then you can kind of switch that around and say, okay, now it's going to be you know, John Lee Doom is talking about X, Y, or Z and shifting with the times and expanding out and becoming more broad. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And that's one of the things that I love most about podcasting, John, is just the ability to be creative, the ability to change the format, the ability to change it up, to pivot, to use the word that you used at the beginning of that answer. Now, I want to rotate just slightly and talk about branding for a second. You've done a great job of branding yourself and your show, The Entrepreneur uh, on Fire podcast. And, and you know, when people listen to that show, that they know what they're going to get. And you can almost look at the artwork of your podcast and see, well, this is... This this is what I'm going to expect when I dive in and click play on my podcast player. How important is it, do you think, for someone to have a branding, I guess you would say, outline already laid out before they even press record for episode zero? Well, it's important. It is important, but it's not everything. And again, I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier where like, there's just no such thing as the perfect name or the perfect brand or the perfect this or the perfect that because 
you know, you need the ability and the opportunity to shift and the pivots, you know, as needed. Like you might find that your listeners are completely different than who you first expected your listeners to be. And so if you're able to be flexible and, and shift with that, then you can really kind of keep up that momentum. But, you know, if you just spend so much time, energy, money, and effort on creating what you think the perfect brand is, you might be dead wrong. So, you know, why not just, you know, launch with what you think is really good, the best that you can at this time, get it out there, and then start engaging with your listeners and have and see how they react to your brand. And then maybe survey them at the point that you're able to and ask them if there's any confusion or questions about it. You know, when I launched, you know, I had this incredible Incredibly, of course, you know, which I now think was ugly, but at the time I thought it was beautiful, like this light blue um, logo with the word entrepreneur, like a rainbow and then on fire below it, you know, and then I made a major shift like a year later into this orange entrepreneur on fire with a mic and a flame. And then now, you know, it's the big EO fire with John Lee Dumas because, you know, now my name is starting to actually mean something where before, you know, my name was nowhere on there because it wouldn't have added to the brand because nobody had heard of my name before. So the shift, this adjustment can happen, you know, because in some ways entrepreneur on fire hasn't changed from day one, the format. I still ask the same questions. What's, you know, what's your worst moment? What's your aha moment? Lightning round questions. But you know, my brand itself has shifted many, many times. And by the way, it's about to undergo another major shift that nobody's seen yet. And it's going to look completely different. And it's me evolving with my audience, not despite of my audience. I love that. And sometimes I look back, John, at some of my older stuff and I just cringe a little bit, but uh, you know, we all have to start somewhere and you can always, it's a lot easier to improve and work upon something than it is to start something. That's the adage that I always go by. Now, mm-hmm. you ha- have been known in the industry, you do the Entrepreneur on Fire show, but y- you do a daily interview show. So speaking of interviews, a lot of people ask me all the time, well, I want to reach out to people. I-, I want to interview people on my show. I want to ask you, John, personally, how did you become a better interviewer? How, what did you do to improve your skills as a communicator, which is something that I am always trying to improve upon? How did you become such a good communicator and such a good interviewer on your show? Well, I hate to reveal this secret because it is like so valuable, but because I like you, Dusty, I'm going to do it. So if everybody wants to lean in a little bit, I became a better interviewer by interviewing people. Now, I know that sounds crazy. I know that's just way out there and like you never would have expected or thought of it. But my friends, it's really a simple process. Like You want to become a better golfer? Get out there and take a flipping thousand swings before breakfast every single day. You want to become, you know, a better fill in the blank? Get out there and fill in the blank every single day. Like I want to become a better podcaster. I interviewed a person every single day. That's how you do it. Like there's just no way to do it. There's no article you can read. There's no book you can read. There's no, you know, audio content you can listen to. There's one thing you can do and that's do it. And, you know, I love the quote, every master was a disaster. I was, you were dusty. We were all bad at what we did at first, but guess what? We kept doing the thing. Yeah, there is no price on experience, and that's what I tell people when they ask me that same question is it's about guys being able to be comfortable on on a microphone. The only way you're ever going to be comfortable is actually getting in front of a microphone, calling someone and interviewing them and recording it, going back, listening to yourself, whatever you need to do, but just do it. Uh, And I think that's such a powerful answer. It's it's so simple, but people just want to complicate things. They want to overcomplicate the whole process of podcasting in general. Now, in closing out of this interview, John, because I know our, our time is very valuable here. 
here. I want to ask you this. What do you think is the future of podcasting as a platform? Like, where do you think this is going? Obviously, with things like Apple Play and different things like that, I think podcasting is going to be in front of more individuals as it becomes easier to consume. But as someone in the podcasting game, as long as you've been uh, and being at the top of that game, uh, which is what I would say, what do you think is going to happen in the space in the next few years and even long term? Well, I'm definitely no Nostradamus, and I'm definitely also a realist when I recognize that everything in life has a cycle, and that's going to include podcasting as well. One thing I will say about podcasting that I think is special, and again, take this with a grain of salt because I'm prejudiced and I do love this medium, but um, it is it does hold a special place in people's day and and in people's activities. By that, I mean how are you going to replace um, how people consume audio when they're driving in cars, when they're running along the beach, when they're doing this, when they're doing that? I mean, you can't. I mean, this it's an audio podcast. Like that's what people are going to choose to consume when they want to um, consume the audio content of different topics, whether it be politics, news, health, fitness, business, fill in the blank. Um, it's free, it's targeted, it's on demand, it's perfect for those scenarios. And that's why I don't think podcasting is ever going to be mainstream. Like I'm not going to sit in a chair, you know, for three hours at night um, in a room with nothing else in it um, and just listen to a podcast. Like even though I love podcasts, I'm not going to do that. But every time I'm folding laundry or doing the dishes or going for a jog or doing anything that you know allows me to multitask by listening to some great audio content is always going to be podcasting. So I think that um, it has a pretty secure place for the foreseeable future in its niche, and podcasting is a niche, and I think that we need to accept that and, and and thrive in that. And you know, there's plenty of room for everybody in this podcasting space, and I know that. Um, I'm looking forward to the next five years of podcasting. I agree. I definitely think the future is bright if you are a podcaster currently or even thinking about jumping into the game. And final question for you, John, is this. If uh, you could give one piece of advice to the potential podcaster out there, the person looking to become a content creator in a couple of sentences, what would you say to that person? I want to go back to niching your face off. I mean, I think it applies for everything and podcasting specifically for sure since we're talking about that. I mean, don't just be another voice screaming into the winds. Like find something, number one, that you're excited about that you think you can bring value to the world in and then find a way to niche down like three levels, um, you know, from the market to the sub market to the niche. Like get down there and really start finding a way that you can get in front of people that your avatars, your perfect listeners, and make content happen. Absolutely. And John, is there anything right now that you want to point my audience to as far as anything you've got working on or anything you would like them to go check out? You know, uh, we have a lot of great stuff for entrepreneurs over at eofire.com. That is our headquarters. That's where all the magic happens. So if they want to check it out, they'll find some cool stuff. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me today on the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. And uh, until next time, man, I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Dusty. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as support us on Patreon for great perks such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.